Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be about the leveling changes coming with Shadowkeep that were announced in Luke Smith Director's Cut Part 2. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can probably catch me right now. I'll be live on Twitch pretty much when these videos go live. Click the link below in the description if you want to come hang out with us live. Uh, if not, you can always like and subscribe and hang out another time. But we're going to dive into the changes I want to talk about them because a lot of these changes are going to be a welcome thing to the community. Leveling has been a bit of a sore subject for a lot of people. There, you know, every season you can bump your level, and there was the, you know, the the difficulty with RNG. There was the milestones. There's all this limitations on your sort of agency over your leveling experience they're looking to improve and change some of those things now they didn't say anything about infusion so I'm not sure if they're going to even take a look at that given how many resources are needed for the armor 2.0 investment like if you want to take a you know piece of armor up so I'm not sure if they're going to touch on infusion prior to Shadowkeep or do anything to it but right now I want to talk about leveling so the first thing we're going to talk about is what's changing secondly why is this better and then lastly above uh, 950 so you know why what happens you know what they're they're going beyond it like they're going beyond, you know, pinnacle activities and things like that. So, first things for, you know, first thing I want to talk about is that before we even get into what's changing, they're going to bring everybody up to 750. So right now, don't infuse anything ever again before Shadowkeep. Don't do it. You're wasting your resources. Save your resources. Save your enhancement cores. Save your materials. Save your glimmer. Save all those things because they're going to raise every single piece of your gear everywhere up to 750. So stop infusing. That's one of the first things we need to kind of get out of the way the other thing we need to talk about before we get into like what's changing is how long do they envision it taking you to get to max level luke smith talks about that in his director's cut part two in their mind and he said this they see getting to max power is a medium goal which should take several weeks for a power progression focused player so if you're heavily focused on getting to max power they're envisioning that as a medium goal that should take several weeks and they're going to make some changes that are probably going to assist you in that as well as just some changes to how power is totaled up. We are lacking some clarity on some things. So this video is not going to be exhaustive about the artifact because we don't really understand that just yet, but we are going to talk about what the artifact does. So what's changing? One of the first things he outlined that is changing is that primes will not be dropping until you hit 900 power and you will accumulate charges. I think one of their reasons for this is is when you're 750 and you've been playing for 10 or 15 minutes and a prime drops, that's not necessarily all that helpful or even what you need at that point in time. You're focusing on milestones. Maybe you're focusing on something else and all of a sudden a prime drops. So primes are going to accumulate charges and then they'll start dropping once you get to 900 as a bit of a shift and change once you're getting closer to those end game power level structures. Another significant change, which I'm not super, I'm not like coming out of my skin about this, but I am happy to see them implementing something I've suggested numerous times in my previous leveling videos is world drops have a chance to drop at your level. This is one of my strong suggestions to fix leveling. Everything that drops in the game should just drop at your level, especially once you're max level. But on your way leveling up, it should just drop at your level. Now, it having a chance to drop at your level is certainly an improvement. I still don't think it needs to be a chance. Because if you're trying to gap fill and you really need boots 
or two pieces of armor, okay? You could play for many hours doing just public events, doing whatever you're doing to get that turnover rate and that drop. You could play all day and not get the boots or the gauntlets to drop or whatever it is you're trying to gap fill. You know, if you're if your weapons and all your armor pieces are really, really good, but you're missing those two pieces, just the RNG on drops alone can keep you from getting what you need. So I'm hoping that the chance of it dropping at your level would be... I'm hoping it's a good, good chance, or at the very least, as someone in chat is saying, maybe it'll be smart RNG. It'll see, oh, you're gap filling, and if it drops at your level, it'll hit the thing that you need. That would be really, really nice. I love gap filling. It'll be really nice to sort of gap fill and take care of some of those pieces that fall behind before doing a milestone or before doing a raid or a menagerie or something like that that's going to drop a powerful reward. Something else that they're doing that we're not, we're still not 100% sure on how exactly this is going to play out and work is a seasonal artifact. If you want a path to power, but you don't want to do pinnacle activities like the raid and, and the, the redacted, he said, and things like Iron Banner, there will be a seasonal artifact that will give you a path to power if you're a little bit more on the casual end. He also referred to this as being bonus power. So we're not quite clear or sure how exactly this is going to play out. If you hit max level being 950, where we're hearing it's like 950, and you get the, the artifact all the way leveled up, what's that do for you? If you're not 950, if you're hanging out at like 875, What's the artifact doing? How much is it adding? We don't know, but I do like the idea that every season they reset it. They're going to give it different perks, different modifiers, different things to your gameplay, as well as giving you that rhythmic pursuit of power that just kind of resets. So every season you can kind of catch back up with everybody else just by focusing on the artifact. Now, let's talk about why is this better? So those are the big changes that he, you know, that he outlined. Why is this better? Seasonal grind for power won't be as daunting and frustrating. The way I see it, they're making the grind for power something that you have more control over. It's not as daunting. It's not as frustrating. They're trying to to bring this forward. They're also saying that they're trying to limit the number of things that you're chasing. You're going here. You're going there. You're going in all these different places for powerful drops, for pinnacle drops. It seems like they're trying to simplify that. They're also trying to simplify that with the artifact. I mean, I could envision somebody saying, man, I can't get the thing to drop that I need, but at least the artifact's making up the difference with its bonus power. It's kind of helping me, you know, close this gap so I can run an endgame piece of content because I just can't get boots to drop. You know, it can it can maybe help ease the the lack of progression that sometimes can happen when you have really, really bad RNG. The other reason this is better is that Luke admits this is still not enough. They're still working on it. They still haven't quite figured it out yet. They're trying to find a way. They want to find a happy medium. You know, he referenced D1 Forever 29. The only way to hit max level was to run Vaults of Glass, and then you would get stuck for weeks or maybe even months at a time because you just needed boots to drop to take you up to 30, and they changed all that with Taken King. He admitted they made it way too easy to level up in Destiny 2 Vanilla. They're trying to find a happy medium medium. They're trying to strike a balance between those two things. One of the ways they're doing that is that pinnacle activities are going to drop above 950. 
they will be you know so if you see somebody who's 960 that'll be a testament oh they're running all the end game stuff now it remains to be seen if 960 offers an in game advantage or if it closes a gap on a delta and really challenging content or contest modifier or whatever I don't know but they're kind of bringing back that idea that if you're running end game content there'll be an evidence of that in your power level that isn't necessary the way it was necessary in Vogue but it seems like it'll be an optional pursuit we still need agency and fun and progression for all that needs to be stated progression and and having fun and agency while you're progressing and leveling up that needs to be available for everybody i've never bought into this notion that leveling should be significantly challenging or hard or arduous or confusing or oh you gotta go play crucible to level up i've never liked that i've always thought we need way more agency control player intentionality my autonomy like i should be able to play the game each week now he did say they don't want to make it so you can just play whatever you want and level up because then people find the most efficient route and that's all they run and I can appreciate him saying that so I do think one result of these changes is that people are probably going to be gap filling before doing big jumps in power so if you have really low power level boots and a helmet you're going to gap fill you're going to find the activity that can get the most quickest interval of world drops so you can get those big jumps on helmets especially let's imagine you get your first character to 775 you know you're gonna hand 775 weapons to your second character well that second character is gonna be like 760 instead of 750 all their armor pieces can jump to 760 from a world drop you basically just have to equip the weapons and go run some world so that'll be like step number one if they can kind of segment the grind give you that intentionality through gap filling that's gonna be really really nice and you might end up feeling like you're getting more bang for your buck out of milestones or pinnacle activities that do drop powerful drops if you can kind of take care of some of those gaps before going and doing those things i'm glad to see community feedback landing on leveling it's right in there world drops was a suggestion that i've made i I really hope they don't make it too rare if it's too rare it won't really even feel like it's landing on the game and affecting your leveling path so it needs to be something that's happened at least at least a healthy interval again i still think they could have it be every single drop the last question mark we kind of have about leveling is just what role is infusion going to play if i'm using lots of currency to be taking you know armor pieces up to two you know the 10 levels of energy in the armor 2.0 system what role and what currency rhythm is there going to be in the game for infusion because that is another piece of leveling we're going to jump to q a in just a second so if you're listening or watching all the other locations i appreciate you doing that please like share and subscribe Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be a question and answer session that followed my talk about the leveling changes coming to Destiny 2 with Shadowkeep. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can probably catch me live right now. So click the link below. Come on in and hang out with us while we do these talks and Q&A sessions. You can always hit like and subscribe as well as to share these with the people that you think might like them. Let's jump right into the questions here. Hammer with the first one. How many levels are there total? Seems that the cap's going to be 950. You'll be able to go beyond it with pinnacle you know, activities up to 960. At least that's what Luke Smith seemed to indicate in the update. H. Mongolite says, Hey Lono, with Prime Ingrams not dropping till 900, does this mean the contest modifier for the raid is going to be in the 920 to 930? I have no idea. Here's the thing. If Luke Smith says in his, his director's cut that he envisions and their goal is that max level should take you several weeks, then they can't require max level in four days. 
those two those two statements are at odds with each other you can't be like yeah we see hitting max level for a power progression focused player remember for a power progression focused player we see it taking them several weeks oh by the way you gotta hit close to max level in a couple of days I highly doubt raid's gonna be 929, 39, 40 I would think the raid would be 900 maybe 850 I don't know with contest modifier they can basically set whatever the frick they want they can set it they can set it at 800 they can se- I would think it'd be 800 or a maybe yeah I would think 800 800 would be the opening encounter and it would maybe as you play scale up to 838 4850 or something like that still that I don't know man it depends on how fast we can level with some of the new things they're putting in place I just there there doesn't seem to be away in four to five days for us to level up 200 power level that doesn't seem like something that we'd be able to pull off i need to put the the radar out there and the feelers out there i'm trying to raid with other streamers this time i want to maybe jump on a stack team see if we can't snag a world's first or a top 10 or something because last couple times we've tried to raid with the community it just hasn't gone that well i i want to kind of maybe jump on a stack team see how it goes i've never done that before kind of want to take my my time in the time in the sunlight and see if we can't get in there with a big team you know sticky buns when shadow keep comes out will it be easy for returning players to jump right into the new content or will they have to do mini quest they're raising everybody to 750 everybody if you come in through new light or you haven't played in a while and you're like 525 that's your power level all of your gear all of your characters are going to be 750 like that just like that Lono Redeem would be bonkers. All those guys wouldn't want to play with me. They have their own teams, don't they? They they have a full roster. They wouldn't want to play with me. They've got their they've got their people, I would think. Brap life. Hey Lono. So for earning these new mods, since they are unlocks, do you think once you unlock one mod, RNG won't try to unlock the same mod again? Or do you think once you unlock one mod, it gets taken out of RNG? Yeah, I have no idea, bro. It sounds like getting the mods will be kind of directional or intentional. So I highly doubt you're going to be like, Frick, I got like my eighth such and such mod in a row. Hopefully not. I mean, obviously on bounties and stuff like that, maybe. But I would hope there'd be maybe some smart RNG or a punch out system. Because there are a lot of freaking mods to get. I would really hope that's not the case. Um, So... Tree 561. Lono, do you think they should let us change masterwork on weapons like we could in year one, or would that be too, or, or should they be random like now? I honestly don't have a problem with this. Um, if you're going to let us pick the, the masterwork in Menagerie, I have no problem with letting me spend some currency on a weapon and be like, yo, I finally got a god roll. Let me get, let me re-roll this masterwork to range, please. You know what I'm saying? Um, so, I, I think that'd be I think it'd be a totally acceptable thing. That's not, I don't want to be able to pick the role on a gun, but when you finally get the role you want and you get like handling or something or reload and you're like, I don't want this. I want range. I think that'd be fine. H Mongolite. Do you think the change to prime Ingram dropping more often, but less of a power boost is to help player climb more efficiently. For example, instead of a 10 power jump from one prime, it'll be a capped five, but it'll drop two times as often more chances to get the piece you need. I mean, I don't know if they're doing this. You're spelling out a system that wasn't in the notes. I I agree with you, yes. If you increase my chances, then it's more likely that, oh shoot, I got a gun, I didn't need that, but then you get another one sooner and then it lands on your boots. Especially when one piece falls really hard, like far behind. 
I think people are going to find out really efficient ways to gap fill, and they're going to be gap filling before doing any big jumps. Primes aren't going to play a part, I don't think, in that race to level. I I, I think we're going to be doing the raid below 900, I think. That would be absurd to tell us. We see people hitting max level taking several weeks, but then we hit 900 in a couple of days. That doesn't line up. It's high noon. Do you think the level process will be pretty quick since we have to jump from 750 to 900? Just answer this question, and he answered it as well. Luke Smith answered this in his talk, saying that they envision it being a medium goal that takes several weeks, and he said several weeks for a power progression-focused player. Like, that's what they're focused on. That's what they're doing when they're playing, and it's going to take them several weeks. <clears throat> Glassarino. Lono, currently, if I pull out weapon armor or pieces from the collection, it's slightly lower than current power. Do you think it'd be worth grabbing some favorites out so they get the light bump? Everything's being brought up to 750. I mean, I don't, what are you going to pull out? Some static rolled weapons, I guess? I mean, I, nothing. There's not a whole lot worth pulling out. I mean, I guess exotics. But even still, you're going to be leaving 750 behind really, really fast. This doesn't... I would say this is a mistake because you're going to use currency to do this. Now, some trials weapons, maybe, but I don't know. I feel you're going to be leaving behind 750 really fast, which means you're just going to pull a bunch of weapons out that'll need infused anyway, and if they need infused later on, it's a one-to-one infusion. So you pull out of collections. Who gives a frick what level it's at? You'd infuse it. So unless you're going to pull something out of the collections that you know you're going to be using in your power grind that for whatever reason you don't presently have in your inventory maybe then but again you're going to be leveling up immediately so Shadowkeep launches on a Tuesday by the time Wednesday arrives you're not going to want to be using any 750 weapons so there doesn't really seem to be a purpose in using currency to do this I think you're kind of thinking backwards here like I would say save your currency don't pull anything out of collections unless you really really want to use it day one to level up Right? Like, oh, it'll be 750. So I'm going to pull out this horror story. Like, for whatever the frick reason, you love that gun. Like, that's your choice. But, like, I don't see a lot of reason to do this. De Bomb Dog. Luke Smith seems to think D2 has too many powerful sources. Do you agree with that? I mean, to a certain extent, I think leveling through power sources is dumb. So, if Luke's goal is to say. Here's a very small handful of powerful sources, and then here's just sort of a daily grind power, you know, power leveling path. Then I would be like very happy. I I don't like this idea of the go here, then here, then here, then here, then here for power leveling. Now, that power source leveling doesn't bother me as much if I can gap fill. If I can gap fill and round out all my gear pieces before going and running Crucible, then that's not bad. I don't want to play five games of Crucible and get a drop that doesn't help me. You just literally, in the most literal sense, threw my time in the toilet. If I need boots, arms, or a helmet, like any, any armor drop will help me, but those are my biggest jumps, and a gun drop does nothing for me, and I invest in five games of Crucible and I get another gun... I'm telling you, there is no ifs, ands, or buts about it. In the most literal sense, you have wasted my time. And that should not be happening in leveling. It shouldn't. Especially in a game where you're like, well, we want people playing diverse activities. I don't like Crucible. And if you make me play Crucible to level, it better freaking level me up. Because if not, I now I hate it even more. Like, I don't think it's a good look. 
if I invest five games of Crucible, you better believe I need to end that play session with the jump and be like, okay, no worries. Crucible's kind of, uh, but at least I know I'm getting something at the end. That's how Iron Banner was in D1. I'm not a big fan of Crucible, but I might get a clever dragon to drop with a really, really good roll. So I'll just take it on the chin. We're getting stomped. These games aren't going that well. Boom. There you go. You can, you, you can get a clever dragon to drop at the end of the match. It's a reason to stay in there. It's an incentive. It's a carrot. Mac, Maca, Maca O's, Maca Oz. Hi, Alono. With the whole new light thing, do you think that that will bring random rolls to all year one weapons, or will Bungie make uh, those new light players buy Forsaken in Shadowkeep to have access to random rolled weapons? Well, you gotta buy Forsaken if you want to have access to weapons from Forsaken. But if they give, if they give year one weapons new treatment, then I don't think you would need to own Shadowkeep for that. They're just gonna take everybody in the game up to that point. As far as I understand it, we don't know what they're doing with the weapons. My theory, right? My theory is that they're going to not leave weapons on the sideline and they're waiting to make the weapon announcement. They're going to hold that in their pocket. They're going to hold that in their pocket. They wanted to kind of get some of the maybe it, armor 2.0 is cool, but if we're honest, it's a little bit it's a little bit on more on the boring side. It's on the informational sort of stat side. They're having a they're having a talk at us, you know. That's why the stream where they were like trying out the different loadouts, they tried to have like a casual laid back feel because they're like, this is probably going to be kind of boring to just walk through and explain all these line by line. You do this, then you do this, then you spend this, then you equip this. I think they kind of knew Armor 2.0 was going to be a little bit more on the boring side. Now, once you understand that it's exciting, I would think if they're going to make big changes to the weapons and they're going to tuck that away and save it. If they don't make any changes to the weapons, especially vanilla weapons, and I go back and run Escalation Protocol or Leviathan or any of those old activities to get those new armor sets because I think they look cool and they're 2.0 and I'm getting statically rolled year one weapons, I'm going to be really unhappy. That'll seem very imbalanced and dissonant. Why am I running this? Like, why am I not getting new gear? Why aren't you giving at the very least, just give all the weapons the year two treatment so they have random rolls in a mod slot? I don't know. Not messing with weapons will be weird. It'll be really, really strange. Um, It'll be really, really strange. Rusty, the system encourages me to raid much more. I've only done about five raids in D2, which I'm happy about. How do you feel about the system being designed to encourage people to raid? Do you think this should design raids with a normal and a hard mode again to make raids a bit more accessible for casuals and LFG groups? I 100% think we need to do a couple of things with raids. All right, I, maybe I should do a, a, a video of um, my raid wish list, like I, my raid wish list, right? Let me let me write this one down because this this, could, this might be a good video. Because my my raid change wish list is this, okay? Raid change wish list. Let me start by saying that number one, you gotta ditch the the revive tokens, ditch them, get them the frick out, of the game. get them the frick out of the game, right? Tokens gone, right? That's the first one, and then etc. and on the way down. Tokens gone, get them out. They're dumb, right? Get them out of the game. Second thing they need to do with raids, the loot needs to be significantly better. The loot has been embarrassed. Like, for aspirational content, the loot's been, like, poultry since we got, like, Leviathan. Most of the loot is poultry. It's not that good. It's it's lame, right? 
So get rid of revive tokens. Get rid of the stupid soft and rage timer that kills everybody. Let us clutch again. Make the weapons significantly better. You know, I mean, loot's been bad since Vogue. No, I disagree. There was good weapons in Crota, and there were really good weapons in Wrath. Genesis Change, Chaos, uh, Chaos Dogma, Ex, Ma- Ex Mechanica. Uh, there was the Pulse Rifle too that was good from Wrath of the Machine. Uh, machine gun sucked, but the machine gun was cool even though, I mean, machine gun sucked back then, but that's beside the point. Those are the things I would change. Get rid of the tokens, make the loot better, uh, and then, to your question, bring back the difficulty spectrum. Oh, I left out. We need perks on the armor again. Give us raid perks on the armor, okay? Give us raid weapons that you can't get anywhere else in the game. Don't don't let my raid weapon have its equivalency in some other freaking loot pool. That's stupid, okay? Now, difficulty spectrum. Bring back the difficulty spectrum that we had with King's Fall and Wrath of the Machine. Design hard first, scale it back for normal, and add a challenge mode. Boom, boom, boom. Difficulty spectrum. That means if I'm raiding in normal and I'm getting, right... If I'm if I'm getting the uh, guns, if I'm getting the armor sets that give me perks and benefits inside the raid, why am I doing that? Why the frick would I care? Number one, you're going to keep going back and having those perks make it a little bit easier while you're grinding for those weapons. Once you kind of have your loadout and you have your perks and you feel like you're done, hard mode's on the horizon. Then challenge mode's on the horizon. You have a, a context and a system that is sensible and it makes sense. Right now, raids are just giant marketing builds boards with junk loot in them that's what they are raids have just fallen so down the hill if we're honest they're amazing they're phenomenal last wish beautiful incredible raid loot uh, scourge of the past really cool similar to rat the machine um, crown of sorrow awesome raid really creative mechanics really brings back the vicarious vision sort of spire of stars feel and then the loot is junk it's just like the raid is a flash in the pan here you go world's first race we're gonna give wrestling belts to people and yay it's a marketing machine and then the loot's trash it doesn't and then there's no difficulty spectrum there's no reason to grind the raid you're just gonna like it's here and gone that's unfortunate, man. Especially for people like us that ran Vogue for forever to get Fatebringer or Vex, or we ran, you know, Wrath forever to get Nano Phoenix, or we were running King's Fall forever to finally get a full set so we had, you know, max armor and all that, max light or whatever. Now that I, King's Fall loot sucked, but you get my point. There was more of a sense of grinding raids and a, and, a, and a trajectory for raids and loot was cool. Like, there was something so amazing in D1 and we've lost that. We've completely lost that. Raids are nothing more than a marketing machine. Think about when they promote the raids. They don't promote the raid gear anymore. They don't promote what you can go in there and get. They promote the fact that you can watch people raid. What? What the frick are you talking about? They don't do that with any other piece of destiny, but they do that with raids. It's not, look at all this amazing loot. Now, I will say, for Rise of Iron, I didn't like seeing all the loot up front. I didn't like seeing the full sets and all that. I think that mystery is pretty cool. But they went from promoting the rewards to promoting the spectacle of, like, watching people raid. That shift, it's just like, what the heck is going on? No one's grinding raids anymore. No one's going for full sets of armor or the god-tier weapon. Because there's none. There are are none. It's, 
It's unfortunate. It's really unfortunate. They got to recapture that. Recapture the better loot. Recapture the difficulty spectrum. Recapture the reason for me to be in there each week. Let us run the raid more than three times for non-powerful drops, because if I want to get a full set with this new Armor 2.0 system, and I want to get a full set of raid gear and really invest in it, let me run the raid more than three times a week to get non-powerful drops to have intentionality and, and volition over my grind. The Enchanter's Table. Lono, I like the idea, even the love, I even love the affinity system. I think the restriction could be a pain point on exotics. Yeah, we're going to have to see how they decide to handle that. I don't know if they were going to bring back glass needles or something, but like, it might be a problem. If you get shards of Galanor and you really want to run hand cannon loader and you can't, and you got to spend the extra energy mod points on it, that restriction might be frustrating. I'm not really sure how they're going to do that on exotics. I'm Red Baron. Do you think ghosts will ever become power relevant again? Maybe getting a treatment similar to Eververse? I do not think they're ever going to be power relevant. No, they're being treated as a as a piece of as a piece of pretty candy, eye candy in the game. They don't, and their perks are weird. They're not that great. They're great when you're looking for resources and chests, but other than that, ghosts are just. I don't think they're ever going to be power relevant again. No. Dark Blue Monkey. Do you think snipers and rocket launchers will be viable again in endgame content over grenade launchers? I don't want them to hurt grenade launchers. I think grenade launchers are in a good spot if you get rid of some of the ability for us to damage buff stack with like well and other things. Maybe spike nades can get toned down a touch so non-spike nade grenade launchers could have their day in the sun and not be so unbelievably less effective but I don't want them to just murder grenade launchers to get me to use rocket launchers and I'm worried that's that's exactly what the frick they're going to do but rocket launchers will never get footing until you give them two in the chamber you got to give them two in the chamber and then maybe take all rocket launchers reload time and bring it up a little bit make it a little bit faster so that I don't have to I don't have to only use a rocket on a rally barricade or something because Luna factions are very likely to get treatment and and changed Um, that's very likely to happen and I would think that if that were to happen then you would you wouldn't want to you that would be like the only way to make a rocket work <clears throat> I think rockets are in a better place, but I really don't think they've landed in the end game because I really think we need two in the chamber. Um, that yeah, kill clip would start to make sense again, right? Because you could basically get two in the chamber, kill a big group of ads, you know, that are maybe next to a boss, get some splash damage on the boss, and then let the next one go, get some kill clip damage on the boss or something like. I don't know. Rockets need some help. I think swords need to go up into the energy slot, lower their damage, lower their overall, you know, ammo capacity. Swords make way more sense as an energy weapon, a gut-busting major, major, you know, major slamming, shield-popping, you know, mid-range. I don't think swords belong in the heavy slot. Linear fusions probably belong in the energy slot as well. Make them function as like a really, really highly efficient, very high damage sniper or something that could maybe do some good damage on bosses, but also just be a good sniper style weapon. I don't think swords and linear fusions just, they just don't seem to be long in heavy slots. They have no legs in the game. Um, so th- those are some changes I would make. Now you're saying, can snipers ever be viable again? I honestly don't know. Snipers just struggle because of so like 90 to 80, 80% of the game design doesn't give snipers any footing. There's so much of the game where snipers just have zero footing. They have like zero footing. There's, there's no reason to really take a sniper into most of the content except for like the scourge of the past boss fight. Um, or 
maybe there's spots in Shattered Throne or something, but generally speaking, scouts and snipers struggle because they don't have your... Here's one of the things. They could buff the ever-loving crap out of scouts and snipers, and here's what's going to happen. You're still going to interact with a lot of Destiny 2, and you're not going to be finding yourself saying this sentence. Man, we could really use a scout rifle in here. We could really use a sniper rifle. That pain just doesn't exist in a lot of D2, and you got to remember why that is. We've had this discussion many times. D2's environments and rhythm of ads and how close the ads are, how aggressive the ads are, how how agile they are, all of that was designed around double primary. And we've left double primary behind and what has happened is there's very infrequent range pressure in the game, very infrequent. And it's so infrequent that you're never really saying that sentence. Man, we could really use a sniper or a or a scout right now. I mean, sure, like I said, you might say it in Shattered Throne, Scouts, maybe. You might say it in the Scourge of the Past boss fight, but that's one of the big problems is when 90% of the content is driving you toward pulse, hand cannon, maybe even auto rifles. There's some pretty strong auto rifles in the game, a half down or a breakneck, or, or recluse. Recluse, hand cannon, pulse, and some of the, you know, a handful of the auto rifles. Most of the aggression and the agility of the enemies is, is pushing you toward that direction. You're largely just going to have a really hard time. The other thing that happens is a couple of years go by and everyone's used to engaging with hand cannons, pulses, auto rifles, and, 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 and recluse. And then all of a sudden you're like, here, use this call to serve. We've buffed scouts and it has a great role on it. It's like a peel, 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 peel. I don't know. You got to really reward me for playing laid back range style. Then if I'm going to draw back and hang back and try and land those shots, that gun better be doing something sick, like pinnacle level sick, or I'm not going to use it. I'm just not going to because the game doesn't demand it of you. Um, you know, weapons of light could add to this, right? Because you could basically say scouts are really strong right now. There's some really great perk combinations. And with weapons of light, you can really, really buff yourself and play, and play laid back. And you can just annihilate walker tanks and majors. And you know what I'm saying? Because if, especially if it's an elemental and you're popping shields from really far away and you're buffing it with weapons of light, there is some potential there to give scouts some leverage. I just thought of that. If you're going to play laid back, drawn back, weapons of light could be a way to buff that playstyle. Because b- weapons of light is a passive defensive playstyle, but if you're buffing damage, I could see that happening. You also got to remember, though, weapons of light's a two edged sword. You could also do that in a rambunctious, like, get up close, run helm a saint, and now your hand cannon's buffed. Like, you see what I'm saying? But it could. It could give some footing to that playstyle if you wanted to play that way. Again, the game's not really calling that. It's not It's not demanding that of you. You're not uttering that sentence. You're not saying, oh man, I could really use a scout right now. And because you're not saying that, you're having to really go out of your way to choose that. You're almost like forcing the issue, which will probably make it infrequent. Tech Sarge. What are the pinnacle activities to get enhanced mods? Raid, Iron Banner, Nightfall, Menagerie. What about Reckoning, Forges, Comp, Blind Well, Sensent Challenges, Shattered Throne, or other weekly challenges? I have no idea what their plans are for those. Reckoning's getting retuned because they're nerfing well, almost assuredly. So they're going to retune Reckoning. Um, They may have to retune Heroic Menagerie um, a little bit. Um, 
So I, I would think, I would think if those become pinnacle, there would need to be a way to raise their difficulty in some way. Forges are not hard. Blindwell is not hard. Ascendant challenges at this point are very easy for the people that have done them before. And Reckoning is about to get toned down. So I would think there'd have to be something that you do. And I think maybe, maybe contest modifiers just like there is an ever present thing you can do. You know, you want to get you want to get better rewards. You want to get better this or better whatever from forges. Um, turn on contest modifier when you match make or something. I don't know. And then there's a new activity redacted. I don't know. I would love it if they actually called the activity the redacted, and then you would they would have told us it. They would have been telling us about it this whole time, like as a joke. You know. Since the nightmares are coming back, you know, they could call it like the redacted, you know, the redacted dungeon or something. I don't know. Because you're fighting the nightmares. A tier two sub from Creos Rising and it's for three months. Congrats on the blue badge. Welcome back. Warble Sync. Sorry if this has been answered. Do you even know what the mod components will be limited to a certain element? Uh, do we even know? Yeah, Luke Smith spelled that out in a tweet. If you want to run hand cannon loader, it is limited to the element. It is void. And he said, if you get a pair of gauntlets that are like solar and you're bummed, you can run a generic perk called, what is it, small arms? Whatever the frick it's called. You can run a generic perk that'll make the hand cannon reload just as fast, but it costs more energy. And the reason for that is, is because you don't have to unlock it. Everybody has access to that mod out of the box. So if you want to make your hand cannon reload faster, you can. It's it's unlocked right out of the box. You'll have to invest energy into the gauntlets so that you can you can use it. Um it's called light arms. Yeah, I'm sorry. Light arms loader is costing you 5 points instead of 3. Reason for that is you don't have to unlock it. You just get light arms loader out of the box and it's just as fast as hand cannon loader. When you match the energy, you get a discount. Right? Rambunctious with three months of subs. Welcome back. I saw you say that in chat. You're like, somebody say my name because I just said rambunctious. Thanks for three months. That's a blue badge. I mean, will there only be void hand cannon reload? Only no solar? He literally tweeted that and it's in this blog post. That is exactly how it works. There is no such thing as a hand cannon reloader that is solar. Doesn't exist. It is a limitation. If you want to use hand cannon reloader and get the discount on the energy required, it's got to be slotted into a void hand cannon. If you don't have void gauntlets, you can still buff hand cannon reload speed with light arms loader. And when you do that, it's more expensive. And because of that, they're doing that because everybody has access to it. And it's generic. It's not specialized. Like, they're talking about you specializing into a build. If you want enhanced hand cannon reloader, like, that's you specializing into running a hand cannon build. you got to do that with void gauntlets. If you're having any issues with audio lagging, you've got to refresh. If you're watching in Chrome, there's instructions in chat on how to turn off... um, hardware acceleration that causes it, typically. There's There's a command, I think, called desync that'll walk you through how to change that. Dark Blue Monkey with the next question. Do you think snipers and rockets will become... You already asked that. Please don't submit questions more than once. 
Uh, Lucky J. Outside of intentionality, I don't see how or why Armor 2.0 is better than our current gear. Is there something I'm missing that makes it better? Can you break down why 2.0 will be better? I'll tell you right now. I'll tell you right now. You can have far more control over your build and see the result in the stats. And what Luke Smith said yesterday is, let's say you want to get intellect maxed all the way out. So you're getting your super as fast as possible. That requires a hundred points. So when you look at the little the little character screen, when you look at the character screen that they have here in the blog post, over here, you can't see this if you're listening to the audio version. So right beneath your power number, right next to your armor, instead of right now, it's just resilience, recovery, and mobility. There's everything else, okay? So you can get intellect all the way up to a hundred without mods, okay? So... What they showed us in the stream was a build called the Arc Buddy build. She was running the getaway artist gauntlets that gives you the ability to consume your grenade and have an arc soul following you everywhere. And she specced into grenade perks. Her grenade was coming back faster than Arc Buddy was going away a lot of the times because she had it on such a quick refresh rate. You can see here in the picture it says, right now melee ability cooldown is 45 seconds. At tier 8, it'll be 41 seconds. It's such an amazing, like, when you see those numbers, it's really informative into like, oh, I'm gonna spec into that and here's the result. The other thing that this does is it gives you the ability to be really creative and have that volition and have that intentionality over the types of builds that you're going to go for. Right now, you don't really have control over that. You basically just wait for the gauntlets to land that give you what you're looking for, and then you wear them. And as Destin from IGN says, you look like a trash monster. You're just wearing the best the best stuff that you can get. Now, in some cases, people may not look as much like a trash monster anymore because they were able to basically farm menagerie for the exact specific things that they want. There's also way more stats now. So when a pair of gauntlets drops, you're not like, oh, frick, it's got sidearm loader. What a joke. You're like, okay, the stats are decent. They're not really what I'm looking for, but at the very least, I can put them on and... If I want to invest in them and put mods on them, I have control over that. So, like, a decent pair of gauntlets from the raid, you can turn them into your gauntlets by putting on the reload that you want or the, you know, the the, the other perks that go on, mo- the like, impact induction or, you know, momentum transfer, stuff like that. And what Eugene is saying, we get three perks per armor piece now instead of two. Fully upgraded, you slap those three perks on there, you're really able to build into the things that you want. So, again, this is why when people are getting, like, really hung up on, like, oh my gosh, I can't stack scavenger anymore, or, oh my gosh, I can't run two reloader perks on my gauntlets for two weapons, you can't do that now, I can't run two, I can't run, you know, hand cannon shotgun target acquisition on my helmet, you can't do that now, so, like, they're giving you the ability to craft your own build in a way we've never had this power before, and you're like, doesn't that kill the grind, a lot of people are worried, oh, that's gonna kill the grind, all I gotta do is get a helmet and invest in it and put the mods on it I want, not necessarily, because you're going to be trying to maybe grind for god roll stats because the base stats on a helmet could really fluctuate quite a bit and then hurt your build if all of a sudden it guts your your grenade refresh because you swap out helmets you're not necessarily you're not necessarily done right you might keep going for that helmet until you get the stat rolls that you want brand new prime sub from mace 
07. Enjoy the no badge and emotes. Enjoy ad-free viewing on the channel at least until the 12th of September. We're running an experiment for subs. You don't see ads when you're here. Um, thanks for being here. Thanks for that sub. I appreciate when you guys use your Prime subs on my channel. If you have a Prime sub and use it here. Square Pusher. Hey, Lono. About the new energy system on Armor 2.0. With the three armor affinities, Void Arc Solar... As we level these up, are they going to offer the affinities damage resistance? They didn't say, they didn't say, I don't know. Um, if so, do you think this will add to the pursuit of a certain build and the min-max? Yeah, I don't, they didn't say anything about that. Another Prime sub from Toaster. Thank you so much, man. Welcome. Guys, I appreciate it very much. A lot of, lot of support lately. I appreciate it very, very much. Thank you for being here. If you're here right now and you're just enjoying the conversation, be sure to click follow. We're going to do this Q&A probably all the way up until reset, which is when Luke Smith is going to address us again with his third director's cut. We're going to read through that on stream and do another Q&A. So stick around. This is like an interactive podcast. If you like it, clicking follow is free. That heart button helps support me. Uh, Timber WF. Do you think that armor stats will be fixed or completely random? They're random. They said that in the, they said that in the, in the trailer. Forza says leveling has always been simple and straightforward. Uh, disagree. Uh, my issue is how they're going to stop hoarding exotic pinnacle quest to gain an advantage. Another prime sub from evilest crime guys, three prime subs in a row. Thank you so much. Um, so the statement that leveling has always been simple and straightforward is just simply untrue. It hasn't been simple and it hasn't been straightforward. It's been an RNG based milestone based mess that I don't have control over. Uh, you can watch people like WTF Game Nation both grind levels side by side and have grossly different results that results in power differentials and weaknesses in endgame content with world's first races. That's why contest modifier is so nice. Bio Judgment with another prime sub. Four primes in a row, guys. Thank you. So... I think leveling has needed help. Luke Smith acknowledged that leveling has not been very good up to this point, so I, I have some good agreement in my corner with him. Your issue is how they're going to stop hoarding exotic and pinnacle quests. They've already done things to keep people from doing that. Uh, hoarding exotic and pinnacle quests to gain an advantage. Again, contest modifier is a really nice thing here. Because if you hoard and you get to, let's just say the raid is 800, okay? And they use contest modifier to always treat us like the encounter is 810 and we're 800. They do that the whole time all throughout. You can hit 815 and I can hit 807 and the raid treats us exactly the same. That's why contest modifier is such a brilliant decision because if you hoard or figure out some weird gimmick or some glitch or some exploit and you get way higher in power level than you're supposed to be or way higher than me, as long as I'm hitting the right power structure, the right power level for contest modifier, then we are treated as equals in the raid, which is exactly how it should be. Waits for none. Might they be able to set contest modifier based on the community average level so the grind doesn't have to be so brutal? I don't necessarily think you want to say, hey, Bungie, can you tweak the contest modifier last minute according to the average level of the community? I think they can run internal tests and and basically like simulations to figure out where a lot of people are going to land. 
Astrid 8. Is there a good chance that all content, including raids, will be 750 and Shadowkeep? Given that they're raising all players and gear up to 750, I would think that'll become the baseline for all low-level activities. So, daily story strikes, those will be 750. World environments will be 750. Um, Adventures will be 750, okay? Now, nightfalls will be higher. Nightfalls will be, I don't know, 800. Uh, Raids will be 850, something like that. And people are like, why would they do that? I want to be able to jump into the raids and nightfalls right away. They're creating a new climb. Like, they're resetting the game to a certain extent, which was what made Taken King so fun. You were kind of starting over. Um, If they can simulate that reset, and they don't take any of your gear away... I don't want to hear a single person crying and whining about how day one they can't run Leviathan. Are you going to level up again? Yes. It's still, if it, especially if they, if they make all the raids sources for power, then yes, they should be higher power level than you. If, if Leviathan is just there as a source of any just normal drops and you can get the new, you can get the armor with the 2.0 system, but it doesn't give you any power, then sure, don't make it higher power level. But if Leviathan or Scourge or any of the Last Wish, if any of those raids are a source of power, then they should be higher than 750. Because they're washing over the game and making everybody 750, which means from that point on, there should be a very clear differential of like daily missions and strikes are 750, and then everything scales up from there, including outdated raids. And if people disagree with me on that, I don't know why you would want them to not sort of reset that idea that you're climbing and that's in, that's end game content again for you, especially if it's a source of power and people are going in and grinding for 2.0 armor and if they update the weapons, they 100% should set those raids on a power on a power uh, spectrum. Why I don't know why you wouldn't do that. Should they be lower than each other? Yeah, maybe. Like the two raid layers in Leviathan should probably be lower than Last Wish, and then you know, then you got Scourge, and then you got then you got Crown of Sorrow, and then you got the new raid, Create a Spectrum, you know. So, and the beauty of that would be when you hit 800 or 775 or whatever. Let's just say you can hit 800 relatively quickly. You hit 800. Guess what? Now you can go run Leviathan and get a bunch of good drops because it's an 800 environment, right? Oh, you hit 850. Now you can go run Last Wish. I think that would create a sensible, logical power climb, and then the raids are part of the power climb in a logical way, instead of just jumping into raids right away, which is what a lot of people would do, and I, that, that, that seems weird to me, given that they're standardizing everybody's power level day one. Do they need to increase the power of the old raids? They could just put contest modifier on them, so that our power level advantage doesn't matter? That's really good feedback, Bowers. I didn't even think about that. Just turn on contest modifier, and it's relative to wherever... Well, no, that wouldn't make sense, though. It would still need to treat... Oh, you're saying put contest modifier on. It always views you as 750, treat, and then the encounter is 760, even if you're 875. Yeah, they could do that. They could do that. They could just use contest modifier on all raids, but I feel like contest modifier is meant to be specifically pulled out for World's First races. I don't know yet if Bungie has decided to get more capital out of contest modifier, and I think they should consider it, because I think it's a very smart play, and I think it can make any piece of content relevant to an endgame person. Uh, Yajidi Jamidi. 
do you think the universal power increase to 750 is Bungie's way of killing the forge farm no that's not why they're doing it they're not read Luke Smith's logic in the director's uh, cut part 2 the logic is we want to standardize it all and if you're jumping in and your buddy's been playing for a year you're both same level day 1 and can play together that's the goal Bungie did not have an emergency meeting like, all right, man, what are we going to do about this forge farm? <laughs> like, that's <laughs> that's not why they're doing that, dude. That has nothing to do. Uh, that has nothing to do with it. They're, they're, those two aren't connected. Evil the Waffler. Several weeks to level up, even for powerful, uh, powerful focused players. Do you see burnout happening? Not if they make every piece of the game relevant. No. If all of the old raids and all of the old NPCs and all the old activities are suddenly relevant because I can get armor 2.0 from it and they're leveling me up and world drops can help me level up. Dude, you're talking about a very, very full feeling game. Destiny 2 will feel more full than Destiny 1 ever did if they pull that off. If they pull it off. If I'm telling you, if everything has a thread of relevancy, that's why milestone hopping is one of the dumbest ways to level. The game doesn't feel relevant. Welcome to the new season. Go run stuff you've been playing for uh, you know, the last two years. You're not going to get anything worthwhile out of it. You're just going to get something that's essentially a power exchange. Here's a gauntlet that you're not interested in. You're going to infuse them. Hey, isn't that fun use of your time? No, it's not. But if all that content's relevant because it's dropping stuff at my power, it's helping me level up because maybe there are milestones, maybe there are bounties, but it's also dropping armor that could potentially become armor that I care about or rolls on weapons that are now not outdated anymore. They're now relevant because they've been updated as well. Now leveling feels like, oh, I'm, it's multifaceted. That's the problem with leveling before all this. You're literally just getting something to drop from a milestone that is fodder. It's cannon fodder. It's just these gauntlets that drop from this strike are nothing to me. They're a means to an end. I'm just going to infuse them. But if they're dropping in their 2.0, you're going to check the stat roll. If weapons get updated, you're going to check the roll on that, you know, that Uriel's gift that dropped. So now leveling's not that painful because you're not so narrowly focused on this is all that matters to me right now. That's why King's Fall resetting everything was so great. Every green, every blue, every purple that dropped was potentially helpful to you. You had that like doe-eyed new player feeling of like, everything matters instead of this is the only thing that matters. Meatless with two months, welcome back. Bio Judgment, I missed your Prime sub. Thank you, another Prime sub. Sorry that I missed it. Frankie, what will be your expectation for Director's Cut Part 3? If you're a PvP player, I don't think you're going to be throwing a parade just yet. I think they're not telling us much right now. Uh, as far as like combat and buff stacking and stuff, I think we're about to get told that Well's going to get nerfed. I think they're going to tell us that um, I think Orpheus Rigs, Phoenix Protocol, Skull of the Dire Ahamkara, Ursa Furiosa, and Shards of Galanor are all going to get completely retooled. Their abilities will be updated and change in Shadowkeep. We will no longer have any exotics that feed your super. That is going away. Just write that down. I, I'm fairly certain that's happening. Um, Luna factions may also get tossed into that bin and get completely repurposed. Yeah, I'm sorry, but 
Um, he's really laid the groundwork. He's made it very clear that a lot of the power they gave us back then was reactionary, and it's made things very difficult on balance and endgame PvE design. Those things will be not necessarily nerfed, but changed and updated so they bring different power to the table. Um, no one's running shards and and skull anyway. Riggs, Tether, and Phoenix are still decently helpful. So restructuring those and repackaging those is going to be really, really nice because they might actually think about the potential builds that might come from them. Who knows? Because we don't know what they're going to do with them yet. Let's imagine that suddenly Shards of Galanor lets you do something really, really cool that is bolstered by the Armor 2.0 system. What if Orpheus Riggs does something really, really cool that is bolstered by the Armor 2.0 system as well as the bottom tree changes that they showed us that they did to Void? Mobile Pros gives in a sub to Dr. Cleveland. Thank you for doing that. So let's all just let's all just like stay calm. The sky is not falling. Those things need to be restructured and repurposed and, and taken into a different lane so that the armor 2.0 system ain't gonna get any freaking legs if all we're doing is running warlocks and well of radiance with Phoenix Protocol again for another season. It ain't gonna matter, you know what I'm saying? So the fact that he said they gave some really good treatment to all the void trees, that makes me very excited. Because we really, like I said in a previous video about Well of Radiance, dude, make me want to run Chaos Breach or Nova Bomb or something other than Well of Radiance. Like, win me over with some buffs and changes or exotics, or in this case, exotics combined with potential builds a devour build that's just stupidly strong, you know, a slow Nova build that's just insanely awesome. There's gotta be, there's gotta be something, you know, what if Skull of the Dire Ahamkara turns slow Nova into a singularity that goes through the room, pulls all the enemies with it, and the more enemies it grabs, the more damage buff it gets, and it causes some massive explosion, so if used properly, it can be great for boss damage in the right context, like, do that with Skull. I don't know. I just made that off the top of my head. Like, that's what I'm saying. Win me over. Get me to do something else. Give me an exotic that allows me to put on Dawnblade. And I've said this one before. Turn Dawnblade. Okay, it's a roaming super like Goldie. Give me the exotic that turns it into that turns it into uh, the the Goldie uh, oh, my brain locked up. The it turns because Goldie has the ability to shoot one shot really really Nighthawk Celestial Nighthawk right give me the equivalent of Celestial Nighthawk on 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 Dawnblade so instead of going Dawnblade 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 I throw one giant sword and it pierces the enemy and it causes a a big da- <clears throat> a big damage thing and then it makes them susceptible to to solar damage or it causes a bleed or burn damage and you know what I mean. Let me start converting some of the roaming supers into DPS supers because that's something that happens. You don't really need Dawnblade or Tickle Fingers when you're playing PvE. Not a lot of the times, right? So, do do things like that, right? What's the what? Yeah, Burning Maul. What if you could take Burning Maul, right, and go up to an enemy, and instead of hitting them with it, you, like, stick it in the ground, and it causes, like, massive explosions and, like, napalm to go on the ground, and while you're doing that, the boss takes increased damage or something. It's like a, it's like a melting point fire lightning strike from the heavens, and you, like, take the Burning Maul, and you, like, run up to the boss, and you're like, bink, and you, like, slam it into the ground, and now it's a DPS instead of a roaming super, you know, call it... 
call it Lord's Fissure or something. I don't know. Like, these are things they could do, again, to make it to be like, I'm going to build my, my character around that because that now has utility and endgame purpose. Instead, people, no, not our wells, not our Luna factions. Dude, give me new things to do. Give me new power. Like, that would be... That would be exactly the way to make us lean away from a lot of the the meta, you know, the meta PVE builds. Might want to copyright that idea. I take it, Bungie, take it. I know they watch the stream. Take it. They don't ever talk in chat though. More cat. Are we getting more info for level before Shadowkeep? I don't like the idea of taking a couple of months to level when I'm focused on it. We have several weeks. Um, it sounds like they're doing something though to make it a little less painful with the artifacts. So if you're a little bit more casual, um, if you're a little more casual, I think the artifact is there to kind of be like a, a help to you. I don't think, here's what I don't think is going to happen based on what Luke Smith has already said and what we can sort of deduce from it. We don't have super concrete information about the role of the artifact and how leveling is going to look. I don't think you're going to get on the other end of Shadowkeep and be like, dude, leveling freaking sucks. Not the way that we felt in, 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 in seasons past. I think we're going to be like, oh, this is much better. I, I, I feel good after reading what he wrote. Um, so. Uh, port, portante says, do you believe the recent thoughts of people that vendor armor will be just revamped year one armor? TY, love your stream. Um, all of the NPCs on the planets will probably, yes, just get the year one armor. It'll get the year two treatment. So you'll be able to go to like Anna Bray and get the Bray tech armor and it'll, it'll have stats and the 2.0 treatment. And that's great. I think that's totally fine. I've been asking for that since December of 2017. I've been saying that the NPCs, especially the planetary NPCs, are the single greatest untapped grind potential in the game. Give them seasonal rewards. Give me a reason to run lots of activities on that planet and have exotic ghost ships, sparrows, shaders, ornaments for the armor, you know, things like that, that are a seasonal reward on that planet. And it's just cosmetics, right? I know you want to put a lot of stuff in the Eververse, but that'd be another great way to kind of quell some of the Eververse criticism, okay? So, I'm really glad they're doing that. Now, when you look at Zavala and Shax, they typically get an injection of new stuff, so that's likely to happen, but I don't think the six planetary NPCs that have armor loot pool, I don't think they're going to get Mercury, Mars, and then the four vanilla planets are not going to get brand new sets that's not happening I, I would just write that down I highly doubt it even in this picture they sh- they're showing you the EDZ helmet right they're also showing you year one crucible armor chest piece so I honestly have no idea how they're going to structure this um, I, I don't know how did he get that crucible chest piece where did it come from how did he earn it did he buy it you know what I'm saying? Because they said old armor can be re-earned. If you want 2.0 on that chess piece from year one Crucible, it has to be re-earned. Well, how do I re-earn it? What are you going to be doing to the Crucible loot pool for Frick's sake? There's a lot of armor sets and things that they've done. Um, Dylan said year one Crucible and Vanguard is coming back. So maybe that's all they're going to do to those. Which, settle the Frick down. That's fine. That armor didn't get any... The, the armor didn't get any good treatment year one. It was the armor. Do you guys remember? 
do you remember do you need reminded that armor in year one had nothing on it <laughs> it had nothing on it it was just like it was literally just armor <laughs> do you remember that <laughs> so so they bring back the year one stuff I, people might not like that but I think in the grand scheme of the grind as long as there's tons of stuff everywhere else again keep in mind guys keep in mind they said this is going to be closer to like a, a slightly larger than rise of iron dlc this ain't taken king this ain't forsaken so we got to set our expectations if a few things feel like they got trimmed i don't think we want to throw our hands in the air and get really angry um i i, I think that would be a mistake if they really fill the game and it's bursting at the seams with loot grind, let's not get really, really angry about being like, well, I think it's ridiculous that armor from two years ago that no one really cared about or wore or really was invested in because it had nothing on it. You know, them bringing that back is just really disappointing. Like, I I get that we like fresh and new. I get that. But to a certain extent, right now it could be a celebration of like, hey, year one was a dud all that year one stuff has been given new life and purpose because it kind of fell flat you know a lot of year one armor is really sexy so anything from anna bray the escalation protocol the bray tech io's armor um i think a lot of it looks really really nice so i would be fine with it sorry i had to sneeze blader magician with world drops having a possibility to drop at level, will Menagerie be the new meta to fill gaps in power? Um, I don't know why you would think this. Are, are legendaries dropping at a really high rate in Menagerie? Um, I would think you'd save Menagerie for like targeting something that you really, really want to be big. You want to like, I would think what you would do is you would once you're sort of done with the character and you're like, okay, this is about as high as I can get, you'd probably go into the menagerie and do weapons. Or or actually do armor and then go to and then go to Ada and do two weapons so that your weapons are high as high as possible before passing them to character number two. Um Right? Round out your character. There's virtually nothing left for you to do. You've gap filled. You've done all your milestones. You've done all your big drops. You hop into the menagerie and you do two armor pieces. You get the big bumps from those. And then you go to Ada and you do the two guns to make your guns as high as possible before handing them to the next character. Also, after you do the second powerful gun, she's going to hand you a piece of armor. Ada's going to hand you a piece of armor that maybe you're going to hope and pray gets slotted. Um. On a, on, a, on a piece of armor that, you know, you, you don't already have from what you did in Menagerie. Six to one, half a dozen the other. It might be better to do Ada first, and then she hits your helmet. Now you know when you go into the Menagerie what other armor pieces to go for or something. Um, yeah. World drops are going to be really good for gap filling, but it's going to be really tough to gap fill if you're like, dude, my boots have really fallen behind. All of my pieces are hovering around 770 and my boots are like 759. Just one freaking drop would be, you know, 11, 11 points. It would, it would raise my boots dramatically and raise my power level as well. But again, if it's a chance, you could spend an entire day and not get boots. And on top of that RNG of just not getting boots from world drops, you might not get it to match. Oh yeah, I finally got a piece to match my level and it's a gun or something that you don't need. 
That's why you would run Menagerie for Boots specifically. Yeah, in that scenario, you'd run Boots specifically, but here's the thing to consider, Schnozberries. If you don't go into the Menagerie, and you get basically what amounts to the free drop in the world and its Boots, that's a big jump before going into Menagerie. Don't you see? Gap filling is is like the slow burn min max way to level because you're really making sure before I go and do the big drops, I'm gonna fill these gaps. Sure, filling that gap would be great in menagerie. You know what would be even better? Getting those boots to drop in the world and then going and doing menagerie, because then that makes whatever drops from the menagerie even higher. Don't you see? Gap filling is slower. It's slower, but ultimately you get more out of your big drops if you if you successfully gap fill, right? Mike Mickle Mickle Don says, if leveling should take longer and they use contests to make day one hard, is this a sign there is a normal raid, eight hundred power, and a hard raid? I don't think this is a, a conclusion we can come to. No. This feels a bit like a non sequitur, like it does not follow, is what non sequitur means. Like, this isn't, it does not follow that they're going to use contest day one and have leveling take long. Oh, wait, 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 wait. This might actually be logical. So, what you're saying is since the raid lands so early and they're using contest, if leveling's meant to take longer, they would envision you not hitting max power until a couple of weeks in and a couple of weeks in they could launch hard now i'm tracking with your logic um sorry it took me a second to track with your like your line of thinking um i'm going to say maybe and i would love that right i think i think having harder raids and challenge modes and stuff is nice um yeah i'm going to say maybe Eh, maybe, because contest modifier would certainly make it seem like you're, it's the Saturday, yeah, they're doing the raid on the Saturday after, not the Friday um yeah, it's pretty close to launch so turns 31 do you think they'll bring back all the year one weapons with random rolls, we've gotten this question a lot, I would love to grind for a randomly rolled old fashioned, or a Lincoln Green, there's a lot of great weapons from year one um, we have no idea I really, really hope they don't put all their eggs in the basket of Armor 2.0 and then leave weapons, all the old weapons in the dustbin. That'll be... They have to know that that would be disappointing. There's a weapons team for crying out loud. Like, what have they been doing? Come on. I think they're saving that in their pocket. I think they wanted to get this out of the way. It's a little bit more boring. It's a little bit more ho-hum. It's not as exciting as, like, what they do to the weapons. I think they're holding weapon changes in their pocket. I think they're going to announce that either at or post Gamescom. I think they're holding on to that. Bungie loves to trickle out their relevancy. And I think they're really thinking, here. here's, okay, let's really, really think about the strategy here. Let's really think about the strategy here. They know that in September, a lot of eyes are going to shift to Borderlands. What if the week that Borderlands comes out... Okay, so Borderlands comes out on a Friday. I could see a stream that week from Bungie, as well as a TWAB, to make it clear what they talked about. That could be the week that they're like, here's all the stuff we're doing to the guns. It's going to be amazing. Right? And then you're like... 
because you know everybody's like, oh, Borderlands is right around the corner. Borderlands is all about the guns, dude. Bazillions of guns, bazillions of guns, bazillions of guns. And Destiny can kind of be like, we're about to really, really inflate the weapon system uh, and what we're doing with the weapons. Luke said he didn't want to spoil some of the weapon changes. I think you're right. They're holding out in their pocket. I, I'm that's that's my that's I'm I'm gonna bet that I'm gonna put my chips on the table and say Bungie's gonna wait until closer to Borderlands three and even try and maybe do a stream or a twab before Borderlands three launches as a way to really edge out and say we're gonna do great things with the weapon system too, and then cap it off with a galley announcement. Yeah. Yeah, ooh, mm-hmm, yes, Galley is strong. Galley is a very strong marketing tool. Yeah, yep. Uh, put your sights there. If we don't hear anything about the weapons in the present, and we don't hear anything about weapons at Gamescom, I would set your eyes to the week that Borderlands 3 launches, or maybe before, maybe the week before. Right around there is when I would be saying we're going to get weapon information and gun information there. You can't act like Borderlands 3 ain't a part of some of this equation. I'm not saying they dictate everything that's going on like, oh no, Borderlands 3. It's uh, it's it's in the it's in the equation. It's in there. Arco RKO says, "Do you think making the game harder or more deadly again would help validate using long range weapons again?" Maybe, cuz if you create environments that are really challenging and there's long sight lines, yes, weapons of light with a really strong scout could be a wonderful decision for a team if they create content like that. And and Luke seems to indicate they want to create harder content. They want to make things tough on us and tougher than they have and i and i think that that is a uh, that's an encouraging that's an encouraging thought that they're going to try and bring some of that because i do think that to to a certain degree a lot of people have felt that there's pve and then there's like shattered throne and then there's obviously like the first day that um you can go into there's that first day where you can go into like Zero Hour or the Whisper Quest, right? And then a lot of people just sort of shrug at how challenging PvE feels. Day one raid and then beyond, it's kind of uh, right? And then when they tried to make a grindable endgame piece of content that was always difficult, Heroic Menagerie or Tier 3 Reckoning, I don't think either of those activities landed well with the community. Heroic Menagerie especially, it's like, what the frick, man? Menagerie was so good, and Heroic Menagerie just isn't. Extinguish? What? Why? And a Delta? And unfun modifiers? And zero loot incentive? What the frick is this? Who? Menagerie, it's like the Menagerie's like the football star coming in the room and everyone's clapping oh yes look at that and all you know all the lights are on him oh look at that menagerie is amazing he's like you think i'm great where do you see my older brother and his old brother like stumbles in the room and he's drunk and puking on himself you're like what the frick you're more impressive than your older brother what just happened the menagerie doesn't make any heroic menagerie doesn't make any sense it's not a good encounter so when they say they want to make more deadly encounters, more challenging encounters, I'm like, you guys got to figure that out, man. Because your difficulty and challenge philosophy up to this point in D2 has been bad. And it hasn't in- and it hasn't invoked love and engagement and adulation. No one praised Reckoning. No Heroic Menagerie? Pfft. Yeah, it's not good. It just, 
Yeah, blackout and extinguished? Blech, no thank you. It just leads to this hidey, I'm a god killer, but you know, we go in here, guys, we gotta hide, we gotta sit in these corners. Like, that's lame. King's Fall was hard, but then you could, like, meet it on the battlefield. You know, Hard Wrath, Hard Wrath with Challenge Mode, Vault of Glass, Atheon Challenge Mode. Those were things that were tough, could be finessed and overcome. That's satisfying. You're freaking hiding in a corner with Ursa Furiosa and a shield? Don't move! Don't move! Like, that doesn't... <laughs> that is not the culmination of a god-killing challenging content. It just isn't. Um... Fatality. This morning, Xbox tweeted that they will take the stage at Gamescom in three days and that there will be updates on Shadowkeep. Huh. Along with Phil Spencer's tweets a few months ago, could this be further foreshadowing of a partnership? Uh, I don't know, man. I still think those tweets were calculated, but I don't know what they're doing. Phil Spencer and the CEO of Epic both jumped on those tweets when they announced they were getting away from Activision. Uh there could be something it could just be that they're really going to start to maybe Xbox just really wants to be a part of what's going on because they love Destiny and now there's no more console exclusivity so Sony doesn't get to Sony doesn't get the love Phil Spencer loves Destiny so it could be as simple as that there could be something else going on I don't know Bungie retweeted a few minutes ago huh I'm just going to say, huh, for now. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Gaming Scrubs. Will we hear about mods on weapons? Oh, yeah, weapon questions. We just were waiting. We're waiting. Um, do you feel like they will separate them from armor? I already made my guess about when they're going to talk to us about weapons. Hawk. You said raid engagement is lower than other activities. Probably raid armor, not special, except for fashion. But if you remove tokens, I think you'll decrease engagements even if they have a good loot pool. There are no tokens right now. I'm not sure what you're talking about. LFG will be a disaster bunch of clear checks and flawless gear checks. Shadowkeep is supposed to bring new players, but Raidgate kind of increased them. Not a question. Uh, Keltech. Do you think int- intellect, discipline, and strength will be the only stats that matter since recovery, mobility, and resilience don't impact gameplay that much? Um... It depends. I actually think resilience and recovery do impact gameplay quite a bit. Uh, resilience and recovery really show up big in endgame content in PvE as well as PvP. So I think you're 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 overstating that a little bit. They're trying to get mobility more love because um, mobility matters in PvP, but not a ton. Um, it, not as much as like recovery. Mobility matters, but, like, not as much. I mean, I don't know. I think they could do more with mobility. Intellect, discipline, and strength will probably be where a lot of people set their sights because um, that's going to impact, like, how often you can do things that are strong. Like, rhythmic delivery of power is more tangible to a player than I run a little bit faster, you know? Or I recover a little bit faster, I'm throwing grenades. It tells me on my screen. I'm able to throw grenades every 31 seconds. Like that is a more more direct transmission of value and power to the player. That's really good player feedback. You know, and obviously they're going to probably be adding those second counters too on 
you know, recovery. Recovery initiates at so many seconds or at such and such a speed. You know, resilience, I don't know how they're going to communicate that to you. So, I think they're all going to matter. A lot of it depends on, like, what you're going to want to do. Jaxo says, Do you think people will just go for max intellect and get super back as quickly as you can now? Say with super mods, we have now. I think some people will go for that build, but there's also going to be builds like the one that I outlined, like Way of a Thousand Cuts, and I'm going to make Melee come back as fast as freaking possible, run Ophidius Faith, get hands-on, so Melee kills give me more super, and I'm going to be freaking Genji. I'm going to build, I'm going to do a Genji build, 100%. I don't need Brawler. If I can build it the right way, with Way of a Thousand Cuts, and then playing with fire and a melee refresh rate that is as fast as freaking possible and gambler's dodge I'll be throwing, I'll, I won't need guns I won't need guns um, handheld supernova and pvp yeah, I mean there's going to be there's going to be a lot of combinations that people are going to come up with that are not going to be just give me my super, give me my super, give me my super now, to make up for the fact that all of the super generating exotics are probably going to get retooled you could definitely go with a I'm going to run titan bubble in the raid and be our support for weapons of light and like helm of saint and like keeping us safe okay um i'm gonna do that and i'm gonna build myself completely around super generation because luke smith said you can get a hundred intellect without any mods like you can farm for stat rolls on armor so you may get a piece of armor that you're not that fond of but the intellect roll on it is dumb you're like that's going on my titan support build I'm gonna, dude. I'm I'm gonna get my super back as fast as freaking possible. Now, think about. Oh, this is so good. There's so many fun things we might be able to pull off with this. I want you to think about a max intellect build. You get your intellect all the way up, and then you put on shotgun scavenger, and then you put on the thing that lets you get. Uh, special ammo more, special ammo finder, and then you put on your your cloak, the ability or, I'm sorry, your mark as a titan, the ability to get more super energy from shotgun kills, okay? So what you're doing is what you pop your bubble and now you can play really aggressive with your shotgun and kill everything that gets close, you got you got Helma Saint on, and you're getting that extra super energy from shotgun kills, special ammo finders making special ammo fa- fall on the ground, yeah, it's called pump action, special ammo finders making special ammo drop more, you're getting more ammo from the special ammo bricks, constantly being able to use your shotgun, you got max intellect, feeding your super, pump action feeding your super, and those other two abilities, feeding your shotgun, consistency of ammo, dude, like, that right there, I, I want, I, I just, all I care about is super energy back. That right there is a way to build it. And you might not want to run that all the time, though. That would be really, really fun, though. Like, that would be a build. You would play differently. You would play support, aggressive shotgun. That's not, you're not going to do that all the time, though, with a Titan. You're not going to do that all the time with a Titan. You can do that with a Warlock Rift, too. Sure, sure, sure. But you're giving footing to other builds and other classes. That's the point. You're going to get stuff nerfed before released. I mean, I just came up with that build off the top of my head. I'm sure tons of people are going to come up with even better builds than that. I mean, increase shotgun reload too on that. You just keep your shotgun out. (laughs) Run two shotguns like she did. No primary, two shotguns, special ammo finder, shotgun reloader, pump action, max intellect with the shield bubble and helm a saint. 
a shotgun warrior that supports the team with the bubble that would be so fun that would be such a fun build dude that would be awesome (laughs) and then they just need to bring back universal remote no (laughs) dragon's hat do you think armor 2.0 will be min max system or could a guardian have 100 on all stats you're not, I don't think you're going to be able to have 100 on all stats. That won't be possible. There's only 5 pieces of armor, and the more you have of some stats, the less you have of others. So if you hit 100 intellect without using any mods, I don't know if you're going to be able to do it on any other stat. That'd be unlikely. That'd be unlikely. You're going to have a stat lane. You're going to have a stat lane. By the way, guys, if you're new here and enjoying the conversation in the Q&A, don't go anywhere. We're going to read Luke Smith's third um, third entry today in just a little bit. It's going to happen in probably the next 10 minutes. It's going to happen in the next 10 minutes. And we're going to read it and do another Q&A. If you're enjoying yourself, hit follow. Hitting follow is a free way to support me if you like my content. Mace07. Uh, do you think everyone will be grinding hard for armor drops with the highest base stats available and help build their playstyle? Yeah, especially if you start, if somebody puts out a video with that build that I just outlined, the Shotgun Warrior Support Titan, right? Shotgun Warrior Support Titan, and somebody puts out a build guide for that and kind of gives you an idea of what stats you need to shoot for, you 100% are going to see people grinding for those stat rolls. It's going to be bringing back that idea of the tier 12 build is going to kind of come back. Astro's Legacy with the brand new sub, thank you. Enjoy the dope badge and emotes. Enjoy no ads. If you sub to my channel, we're doing ad-free viewing uh, as a month-long experiment, so thank you. <clears throat> so if you're sick of seeing ads, you can hang out here all day and see no ads as long as you're a sub. Uh, so yeah, I, I think that you're definitely going to see people grinding hard for stats. When I finally got a tier 12 build with Starfire Protocol in Destiny, and I was throwing fusions as fast as I could press the button and Wrath of the Machine, and every day without fail, people were like, how's he throwing grenades so fast? That felt cool. I was like, that meant... You haven't watched anybody else stream Destiny and do this. This this is something that's somewhat original to me, right? I'm not claiming I was the first person to do it. It's just that was that was a feather in your cap. It's like, haha, yeah, this is my build. And then people went and chased tier 12 discipline Starfire Protocol builds because they could throw grenades so fast. And with Viking Funeral, it was I think the second highest DPS build in Destiny One next to Celestial. You could do an insane amount of damage to bosses ready player one with a brand new prime sub thanks for using your prime sub on me a lot of prime subs today guys thank you for doing that just got lucky so with all these new changes will it now be easier to level up uh it sounds like you'll have more volition over leveling Uh, easier is subjective what do you mean by easier because they said they envision you hitting max level after several weeks so it sounds like it might slow down a little bit, but it also sounds like they're going to be adding a little bit more intentionality and in player agency. Uh, Efert says, I used to always hunt the perk recuperation on class items. With changes to class items in Shadowkeep, do you think we will see class item related perks move to another piece or disappear altogether? I don't know. Scatterson, thank you for 21 months. I don't know what they're going to be doing with some of those because like hands-on and pump action and I think heavy lifting and perks like that are now no longer on helmets. They're down on your mark, your your class item. So I don't know. I have no idea. Uh, Mini Hot Pocket. I came in late to the stream. I'm confused on the new leveling system. Will we still level up uh, by our armor or is it XP? 
it's both so every season you can see the artifact right here i'm trying to move my mouse it's right underneath this ghost okay that artifact is going to be an xp based leveling thing a bonus power every season but it's not the be all end all it's there for people that maybe don't want to hit the level grind too hard maybe they don't want to go into pinnacle activities it's there for bonus and it resets every season so it'll you'll lose whatever it gives you I don't know how it's going to, I don't know what it's going to do and how it's going to work. How's it going to work for somebody who gets to max level? How's it going to work if you're sitting at like 850? Where's it going to take you if you've got the artifact completely stacked? I don't know. It's going to, it's going to, it's going to, again, it's going to reset every season as a source of volitional XP based, just play the game power. And it has perks that'll reset and be different every season too. I think they said it'll have, like, once it's fully level, like, have, like, exotic level perks. But those reset and change every season. Super Phenomenal with another Prime sub. It's a resub. 19 months. Welcome back. Ness. Could you see them adding story elements to the old raid since we're fighting shadows of our past, making us do the entire Leviathan in the Ascendant Realm like we did for Bad Juju? I don't know if this is their plan for the old raids. I, I, I'm going to say I highly doubt they're going to change the encounters. The loot pool will probably be updated and changed, but not the encounters. <clears throat> Evil the Waffler. Do you think making everyone 750 is better than taking King where everyone was level 1 or something like that? Is it better? I don't honestly know. It'll probably be more well-received because you're essentially resetting everybody or making everybody kind of on an even playing field without making anybody feel like you took stuff away from them. So player perception is probably going to be significantly more positive. Taken King was well-received, but a lot of it was well-received because not only were they resetting you, they were completely overhauling how you leveled. Instead of being Forever 29, you got stuck at, like, certain light levels. It was different. Um, so I like this idea just because I'm not going to have to sit here and listen to people come in every day and be like, I can't believe they're resetting us. It's an essentially, it's basically in some respects, a world reset. Everyone starts at the same level. Um, but it doesn't feel like it did when they kind of took everything away. So it'll be less likely to be something people complain about because they're not they're not, You don't feel any net loss when it happens. C fourth, C fourth Sands. Do you think raid armor could do with having a set bonus in addition to the rest of 2.0 changes? Whether it's an intrinsic perk per piece or a set bonus, they do need to do something with raid armor, I think, especially if they're going to do a normal and a hard, because that's a great context for normal and hard. Grinding for a full set, getting all those perks and bonuses, like in Wrath, when I was I, I was more resistant holding a SIVA charge, I had more agility when I had a Scorch Cannon, you know, things like that. Evil the Waffler. I agree with you that exotics most likely won't feed supers anymore, but people will be upset. Do you think this might hurt Shadowkeep sales? No. If if somebody's going to get upset and cross their arms and pout and not buy Shadowkeep because they give they give Phoenix Protocol a different perk set, if you're going to cross your arms and not buy Shadowkeep, I I don't know who this player is. Apparently, this is a player that's so invested and so in love with Destiny that they're that passionate about an exotic that they're going to not play the next DLC. I don't think this player exists. Like, I don't. Especially if Bungie's smart and says, we don't want Phoenix Protocol to just go into the dustbin. We're making it really cool. We're making rigs or whatever. We're making it really, really cool. We're not just nerfing it. 
it, like there's a difference between going into Phoenix Protocol and nerfing its effects to the point that nobody runs it. You're broken it. That's not what we want. We want them to say, okay, this as a concept has to go away, so Phoenix is getting a brand new ability. So if you own Phoenix Protocol, fear not. You're basically getting a brand new exotic day one. I think they could spin it to where people be like, well, I'm not happy, but it sounds neat. I want to try that out. Like I, I, I do think that they can put this, they can position it in a way where no one's going to be disproportionately mad. Now, people get mad no matter what you do, but I do think they could position it in a way where they could say, well, you're basically getting a new exotic day one if you already have these. They're just going to put you ahead of all the new players in New Light or all the players who never went, who never managed to get, you know, Shards of Galanor. Uh, Ashen Hollow. Gonna love having some challenge back and honestly, hope that we won't be able to delete strike bosses, but what are some ways that strikes could be more rewarding other than tokens uh, versus the big blue vending machine? I think what you do with strikes is you give Zavala Ada-style bounties and you stay in the playlist and every so many strikes or as long as you're diligent to complete what's in the, the bounty, it spits out a weapon and you're grinding for a weapon that is specific to the vanguard strike specific loot is fine it's in nightfalls there's a system of a score and a grind that works i think every week as long as you hit a certain score in in nightfalls the weapon should drop every time because that level of generosity i think is reasonable especially considering the number of possible rolls on weapons also if they're going to revamp the weapons to make them have more rolls or more diversity kind of how it's going to take you a while to get a god roll pair of gauntlets i think they'd be totally in their right to have nightfall specific loot drop every single time as long as you hit the weekly score requirement like the little emblem for warden of nothing would have a little ingram emblem and as long as you hit like 200,000 it would that would light up for the week and then every time you run it after that as long you can speed run it right you've unlocked that perk on the emblem you would just get it to drop every time i think that's totally fine it would still take you a really long time to get the god roll you want because the possible rolls is ridiculous like, it's just ridiculous might even get worse not worse but might even get more complex and more complicated so strikes on the other hand strikes is a playlist okay it shouldn't be a one and done environment like repeating a nightfall strike you should stay in the playlist and if you stay in the playlist you should be getting like again say you grab a bounty from Zavala and it lets you repeat it just like the chalice every time it completes it resets itself I actually think we may have already seen these bounties in a screenshot there are bounties in a screenshot that have like a little like reload arrow on them which maybe that means you can literally reload the bounty right Uh, Terminal B with a brand new prime sub thank you Uh, enjoy the dope badge emotes and ad free viewing if you guys are having audio issues it's something that happens on Twitch you just have to refresh Um, which is another reason why being subbed here and getting ad free viewing is nice if you have to refresh you don't see those ads Um, so if I'm doing that repeatable reloadable bounty in the strike playlist maybe the longer I'm in the strike playlist the bounty finishes quicker so maybe when I grab the bounty first I gotta complete three strikes and then it spits out the weapon it spits out the, the shotgun that I'm going for I'm going for a certain roll on the new vanguard shotgun I complete three strikes it repeats itself but if I'm in the playlist after that I get a multiplier that makes the strike bounty finish quicker so now it only takes two strikes and then if you're in there long enough after like your fifth or sixth strike all of a sudden every time you run a strike the gun's spitting out right you would stay you see what i'm saying you're incentivizing like stay in the playlist keep the funnel full just keep going don't back out when it's the fanatic lono you know what i'm saying 
Dredge and uh, Tor with the brand new Prime sub, thank you. That is how you add incentive to the strike playlist. Because the strike playlist, as its identity, needs to motivate players to just stay in there. It's not like a nightfall where you grab your buddies and go for a high score or go for speed runs because you just want the weapon to drop. A playlist needs to function differently. I haven't come up with a good solution for the daily story missions, but I think my solution for the strike playlist would be very, very celebrated by the community. Uh, the Terror Master. Would you be open to the idea of matchmaking option on raids once you've completed the raid a number of times? No. In-game LFG with a really, really good hurdle system requiring a mic, saying what checkpoints you want, have that replace guided games. You you can't put matchmaking in raids. Um, Reckoning Menagerie proves this handedly. Uh, Read Luke Smith's commentary about the way the Menagerie visually teaches you about the mechanics and then go play the Menagerie with some potato who doesn't know what to do with the ball they picked up. You can't matchmake raids. I've changed my position on this. There was a time where I was like, if you launch a normal raid when the hard raid comes out, why not just slap matchmaking on the normal raid? Sure, people would have a bad experience, but eventually they'd meet competent players that have their microphone plugged in. They could slowly add raiding people to their friends list. An in-game LFG would achieve just that. An in-game LFG would achieve just that, and then you could have people slowly meeting people through in-game LFG to add to their friends list, to have people to raid with. So, if you guys are just tuning in for reset and, like, finding Xur, I obviously can boot the game up and find Xur. Um, I don't know if I if my game is still open. I do have my game still open. So, we can try to find Xur, and when we do that, we're also going to be reading through Luke Smith's Director's Cut number three. So don't go anywhere. We're going to read through it and do another Q&A after we read it because I'm sure people will have questions after we read it. Uh, Kiratox Reborn. I stopped playing Destiny 2. Is there a reason to grind the game leading up to Shadowkeep or should I just wait for the update? If you feel like playing, I would just take each day and just grind a planet to get a bunch of resources just do patrols and pubs get resources for that planet um that would be my my advice to you saving up those resources could be very helpful Sneef- sneaky phoenix i'm so confused about the oh you sent that by accident uh what if when leveling and doing milestones instead of getting some garbage gear the game just gave you an amount of light that you could then put into any gear piece I don't want to divorce... Okay, I see where you're going here. I, I, I do. I see where you're going here. I don't want to divorce leveling from gear at 100%. It's still a loot pursuit game. There's still those moments of like, man, I really need boots. Yes, I got boots. Like, I don't want to take that out of the game. You're just basically turning it into a time, a, a, a time sink. Play eight hours a day. All these activities are just going to feed you light and then you just shove that light into your gear. I I don't think that would work. I don't think that that would work well uh, in this game. I think that that would be, like I said, I think that would be a mistake. I thought it was free. Was away for a bit, so forgive me if this has been asked, is leveling going to be account-based? The artifact is account based. So that's something else to consider is if it's bonus power and you're handing guns to your second character and you've worked on the artifact, <clears throat> there's a potential that you could get some really big boomerang jumps from the world drops that are, that have a chance to drop at your level. There's a there's a really there's a there's a pretty good chance there that if you invest in the artifact and hand stronger weapons to your second and third characters, they're going to get really big jumps from world drops. 
So, we'll have to wait and see how it works. I love your movies. Well, thank you. I'm just kidding. Uh, I like the changes in Armor 2.0, but I'm concerned the design philosophy is a spec into specialties in an attempt to make combat more interesting. I fear this will just become a novelty similar to strike modifiers unless they address the energy combat design, especially boss encounters thoughts. Everything you just talked about is supposed to get addressed today by Luke Smith. Combat, stacking buffs, what how what's combat supposed to feel about? Like they're literally going to talk about that today. So, it's great that you're thinking through that because it seems so are they. As I said, let me rewind just a second. As I said when I was on fire team chat and ever since, giving me a bunch of control over min-maxing stats on my armor is great, but if you don't create challenging content, nuanced, dynamic content, then none of it freaking matters. Like, I need a context to take my min-maxed build, my, my, sh- my shotgun warrior support build that we talked about. Like, I need a place to take that that matters, you know? Uh, Death Starfish. Do we know if any of the armor will have extra or specific perks for the activities? We don't know. They haven't said. Like the raid and stuff? Yeah, they haven't said. Um, so. Papa Deked. Can you tell us a little bit about this Luke Smith guy? He is now the head of the franchise of Destiny. He was put in charge of the Taken King, and he was one of the masterminds behind like King's Fall and the Taken King era. Because he did so well with Taken King, they put him in charge of Destiny 2 and rebooted Destiny 2, which is one of the reasons Destiny 2 was even playable and decent at launch. People blame him for Destiny 2, but he was put in charge to basically try to save Destiny 2 from the trash bin fire that it probably was. You don't change directors unless things are in really bad shape. Um, And now he is in charge of the franchise of Destiny. Uh, he is a MMORPG fan. He became a Scarab Lord in World of Warcraft, which is an amazing, like a, like a very small percentage of people, like top shelf thing, you know, like you guys thought I was a crazy raider in D1, right? Over a thousand Kings fall over 700 wrath of the machine. He's like beyond that in World of Warcraft. So being a Scarab Lord means you're seeing a lot of the MMORPG investment paths and ideas coming to Destiny. That's coming from Luke Smith. So, if you're a casual, I don't think he's going to leave you in the dustbin. I think the artifact is proof of that. Like, I want you to think about how good we can feel about what's coming, okay? We can feel good about what's coming, and here's why. He's like, we want pinnacle activities like raids to give you bigger bumps so you have like a testimony to the fact that you've been playing endgame content, kind of like how you can only hit max level with Vog. He wants to recapture that idea, right? That's like an endgame Scarab Lord MMORPG World of Warcraft style of thinking. He's thinking like that. But then he's also saying, hey, we have this artifact for people that maybe don't want to do all that for bonus, bonus power grind. Every season you can do this. It's a way to help you out. That should give you confidence in the future of Destiny underneath his direction. Right? Sneaky Phoenix. Is the upcoming transmog for all gear? Elaborate on what gear, please, if you can. The only thing they have shown us... uh, The only thing they have shown us is that you can take any Eververse armor up to this point and apply it as an ornament to all armor 2.0 armor. Except for exotics. Sean Balls. Do you think year one trials armor will be in the 2.0 update? This has been answered. No, it will not. You have to reacquire armor in order for it to be... 2.0 2.0 and you're not going to be able to reacquire trials armor. Um so 
part three is up okay so if part three is up here's what we're gonna do we're gonna read through that so don't go anywhere we're gonna read through it if you're listening to this q a session there'll be another video these will hit youtube out of order so there'll be a video of me reading it in a q a to follow so don't go anywhere if you want to read it and discuss it as always if you're listening to this elsewhere please like share and subscribe